Hello, and welcome to Witchy Woman Podcast. I am your host, Danae Sweet, and this is episode 56. Today, I'm going to talk about Valentine's Day and Lupercalia and Cupid and all that jazz. Valentine's Day. (laughs) When I think of this over-commercialized holiday, images of candy hearts and roses, tons of chocolates, things like that, all the cutesy shit comes to mind. And to be completely honest, I've never been a big fan of this particular holiday. And I think the reason is because it just, I don't know, it's a commercialization of love and advertising programming the masses to believe that in order to feel love or to express love, you must give something, something tangible. And I think that is wrong. And for some people I do real, I totally recognize that your love language may be uh, gift giving and, and receiving gifts. For me particularly, I'm I'm a, I'm a touch or um, uh, words of affirmation. So, no, I don't expect my husband to give me anything. I don't require any kind of gifts. We don't do gifts on, on Valentine's Day. I feel like if he wants to get me something, then he can. But, but again, like my love language isn't gift giving or receiving. It's touch and words of affirmation. And for him, it's the same. It's, it's uh, I believe his first is words of affirmation and then touch. So, oh, and if you'd like to check that out, there's little tests you can take online. Just type in um, love languages quiz and you can find out what your love language is. I freaking highly recommend doing this. Even if it's not your actual like partner or lover, this works in any relationship. It helps you understand how the other one feels loved and appreciated. So um, finding out how my husband receives love or like that his way of knowing that I love him is words of affirmations and act and actions um and for me it's touch and words so both of us know that so we kind of tailor um our our love and our relationship around that kind of thing so I definitely recommend checking it out just google um love languages quiz if I can remember I'll post it in the group (laughs) somebody remind me if I don't um But, so all of this does not mean that it can't be a fun and important holiday for you. It does remind us to express our our affection. So it does remind us to express our affection for those who we do love and appreciate. And that's never a bad idea. And since I'm a research nerd and I absolutely love the history of all of our modern day holidays. Jesus Christ, I can't even talk today. Um, and all the details regarding them, I felt that we should dive into the history of this day of eternal love, or Valentine's Day. (laughs) Originally, the Ides of February, or the full moon of February, February, that falls between February 13th and 15th usually, is called, or was called, Lupercalia, and that was a fertility festival dedicated to Faunus, the Roman god of agriculture, as well as Romus, uh, Romulus and Remus, which were the two dudes who founded Rome. Now, if you were an ancient Roman, this time of the year was a bloody sexually charged celebration that was a big deal. Lupercalia was celebrated, as I said, around February 15th, and it was a huge celebration involving the coming of spring. The beginnings of this celebration are traced back to the early 6th century BC and the lore of Romulus and Remus. So at this time, 
The king was King Numitor of Alba Longa. Now imagine this is just an area next to where the future Rome will be. And before the birth of Romulus and Remus, uh, Numitor's younger brother Amulius uh, dethroned him, kicked him out, and he became king. And thus Amulius was a complete asshole. And the daughter of the previous king Numitor was Rhea. And he, Amulus, forced Rhea to become a Vestal virgin so that she would not give birth to any heirs that might challenge his place on the throne. However, the gods do stupid shit and Rhea was impregnated by the war god Mars and gave birth to Romulus and Remus. It really pissed off King Amulius and he ordered Romulus and Remus, uh, his freaking twin nephews, to be thrown into the Tiber River to drown for, like, basically to get back at Rhea and to make sure there were no heirs to the throne. A peasant found the boys floating down the river and felt bad for them and placed them in a basket and then sent them back down the river in the basket, which seems kind of stupid. Also, I want to pause there. Does this not, like, sound also a lot like another story that involves maybe not two babies, but one baby in a basket floating down the river that was disowned? Just saying. Anyway. So they're floating down the river in this basket and they get caught in the branches of a fig tree that was by the river. Um, A female wolf found the basket with the two babies in it and pulled it to safety and took them to Palatine Hill where her den was. And that is actually going to be the site, the future site of Rome. The twins were taken in later on by a shepherd, uh, Faustulus. And they were raised with him and his wife and became leaders of a band of shepherd warriors. Now, I was trying to just imagine these shepherd warrior, what the, what the hell that looked like. And I'm not really even sure. But anyway, so raised by a wolf mama, got big enough to crawl out of the den and started running around, found by a shepherd. They raised him up and now he's a shepherd warrior in charge of a bunch of shepherd warriors. I said that a lot. Sorry. They learned their, eventually they learned their true identity and waged war on Amulius and restored Numitor to his throne. So they put everything back the way it should be. Now, later on, they found the cave of the den, uh, the den, the cave <laughs> where the female wolf had raised them and they named it Lupercal. And it's thought that Lupercalia took place to honor the she-wolf and please the Roman fertility god Luper- Lupercus. It's also, like I said in the beginning, it also has roots um, to dedicated to Faunus, the Roman god of agriculture. It's basically a spring festival. It's the spring is coming festival. As we know, pagans love to celebrate just about every turn of the wheel, and this is a tiny one, so they're going to celebrate it. (laughs) So the twins decided they needed, they wanted to make their own town. So they're, you know, they have their their freedom now. They knew who they are, and they decided they're going to make a town in the place where they were taken care of by the wolf. And they got into some stupid petty argument, um, and Remus was killed by Romulus. (sighs) Anyway, Romulus then became ruler of this new town, and he named it Rome after himself. Uh, So he's kind of an asshole, too. 
So Lupercalia was celebrated in a couple specific places in the area. So they celebrated in the Luperl Cave, the, the one on, uh, on Planatine Hill, and in a small town square-like place inside of Rome called the Comitium. Comitium? Yeah. Um, and the so- celebration starts um, by these Roman priests called Luperci, or Luper- Luperci? We're going to call them Luperci because I feel fancy saying it that way. Luperci, they sacrificed a male goat or two and then a dog at the Luperal cave. And it's got super bloody from this point forward. (laughs) So after they killed the goats and the dog or whatever they got to kill, they uh, got naked. So a couple of the priests, it says not all of them, just a couple of them would get completely naked and the blood of the sacrifices would be smeared onto their foreheads with, with the ritual knife. So the, and it had to be specified and everywhere I read that this had to be the knife that they killed the animals with. So the, the, the murder weapon was, you know, swiped on their naked priest's foreheads. <laughs> this is where it gets weird. Then, the blood uh, that was on their foreheads was removed with milk-soaked wool <laughs> from some sheep. And this all represented fertility, new beginnings, and sexuality. So, so far, absolutely nothing to do with how modern-day people <laughs> celebrate uh, this time of the year. But I think this is way more interesting. So, after the priests finish up smearing blood on themselves and wiping it off with milk milk soaked wool the rome or the feast in rome would then start so they would come down off the hill all bloody and weird and the feast would start after the feast was over the luperci luperci that's what i decided i was going to call it luperci cut strips um also called thongs or februa of the goat hide from the sacrifice goats so basically they cut it into like little strips of bloody skin and hair and then they would run naked or damn near naked around the palatine uh, around the town of palatine a pound of rome um on the hill pretty much everywhere in the area and they would whip women within striking distance of them and yeah so imagine like just set the scene it's a lot of people so imagine your town and the busiest thing they have like around here that'd be like fair time and like hundreds of people are here and they're all gathered at the fairgrounds watching the rodeo now just imagine that many people and then imagine a small group running around with bloody strips of goat hide whacking females to me, that sounds way more, I know this sounds gross and I don't condone killing of the animals. However, that sounds way more fun than getting bloated on chocolate. Just saying. Anyway, so continued. So most of the women, it is said or written in poetry and things that they welcomed this tradition of being slapped with a bloody strip of hide and looked at it as a rite of fertility. So this was <laughs> a way that they could make sure that they would be fertile for the whole entire next year. So it's basically like getting your juju to make babies for the rest of the year. You get smacked by a uh, nasty, bloody goat hide. They would also whip the crops with these bloody thongs to ensure a bountiful growing season. So once they're done smacking the females, they'd run out to the crop where or their fields where they're going to have crops and they'd smack any of the small plants the dirt just smacking stuff all over with bloody goat hides 
Another tradition of Lupercalia, which I think is kind of cool, is that the maidens in the city would put their names in a jar and the unwed, unwed men would pick a name from that jar and they'd be coupled with each other for the duration of the celebration. Some would even stay coupled until the next Lupercalia where they would be married. I thought that was kind of a cool, like, it's not speed dating, but it, it's kind of, I guess, the earliest speed dating I can possibly think of. So... Of course, this all has to come to an end because that's what history has shown us is that (laughs) all these fun pagan um, holidays kind of get muted until they're gone. So Pope uh, Galasius or Galasius deemed Lupercalia as unchristian at the end of the 5th century when he declared February 14th Valentine's Day, St. Valentine's Day. So, let's go over what the Christian church believes about Valentine's Day. We do know that it is an uncertain story and there are a couple different versions, just like any other holiday lore, whether it's Christian or pagan or whatever. There's all kinds of stories because all of these things that we're reading about, you know, it was, it was things that we learned from poetry and art back then. It's not like they kept like super awesome documentation of everything. So this is all speculation (laughs) at best. The Catholic Church recognizes at least three different saints named Valentine or Valentinus. One story is that when Emperor Claudius II forbid men to marry because he thought men that were single made better soldiers, that a priest named Valentine married them in secret. So the emperor found out and he had him executed. I think he was beheaded. Another story is that uh, there was a guy named Valentine and he was a priest and he was helping Christians escape Roman prisons. And I guess Roman prisons were really bad. Like any prison back then was good. I'm pretty sure it was all like whipping and torturing and, you know, I've seen the movies. Anyway, he was in prison for doing this, and while in the slammer, he fell in love with a young woman who had been visiting him. He sent secret notes to her signing them from your Valentine, deeming his notes the first Valentine's Day cards, and legends are murky and conjecture at best, but you can see how the holiday went from a fun, bloody sex party to sweet holiday about love. Uh, English poet uh, Chaucer was the first to record St. Valentine's Day as a day of romance and, and romantic love in his 1375 poem, Parliament of Fowls. And this is what he wrote. He wrote, For this was sent on St. Valentine's Day, when every fowl cometh there to choose his mate. So, I don't know. I was reading that, and I need to read the whole, like, the whole paragraph in that poem but for this was sent on saint valentine's day when every fowl cometh there to choose his mate really sounds like they're coming to get the um name from the jar of um of unwed maidens back in lupercalia days so i don't know though so now how the hell did cupid get thrown into this mix because in all of the advertising crap that you're going to see in all of the different stores you're probably going to see a fat baby with a bow and arrow right so 
Cupid is the Roman counterpart to Greek mythology's Eros, or the god of love. According to Greek poets, he was a beautiful, immortal man that used golden arrows to bring love, but also to bring chaos to human emotion. So he could bring love, he could take love, he would screw with love. He was kind of like the Loki of love, just causing chaos um, and uncertainty. In medieval times, Cupid was demonized as a tempter of sins and sexual desires. His, his arrow, no doubt, <laughs> a phallic symbol. Um, and there was a poet, uh, hang on, uh, Theodulf of Orleans wrote about this demon tempter. And he wrote that Cupid's quiver symbolized, and I am quoting, I symbolized his depraved mind, his bow trickery, his arrows poison, and his torch burning passion. <laughs> so, sorry. It just made me laugh. Um, every word in that was like penis, 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 pretty much to me. To me. So I found, I know it's supposed to be like, you know, hell and damnation when he wrote that, but to me it just seemed funny. So uh, they started a making sure that he was portrayed as naked, Cupid was, to not conceal his deception and evil. So they portrayed him as basically like a, like an incubus or something like that. And so Christianity did pull back on the incubus story at some point and decided a friendlier, more marketable version (laughs) would be a little more appealing to the masses. So later on, these stories about Cupid um, and being intertwined with Valentine's Day morphed into a little chubby baby that brought anyone love to, uh, to brought love to anybody that, that he hit with this, with his arrow. Valentine's Day can seriously be whatever the hell you want it to be. Um, I just like to think of it as a fun day. Uh, you can get sexy with your partner or by yourself. I mean, love is love, right? Um, self-love is important. And whether you're single or not during this holiday, remember to send some love back to yourself. If anything, this day is a reminder just to to love openly and let everybody know. If you love somebody, let them know because... And it sounds cheesy, but we are not guaranteed tomorrow. So I have every conversation I have with my daughter and my husband, if it's on the phone, if they're leaving, even if Maddie's going into her room um, and I say goodnight for the night, it's always goodnight. I love you. Goodbye. I love you. I make sure that they know that I love them because I don't know if I will wake up. You don't know if you're going to wake up. Um, Sounds kind of morbid, but to me, Valentine's Day is just like a a reminder of that to to please spread love I know it sounds hippie but spread love not hate if (laughs) we could just all start doing that instead and and reminding ourselves every day instead of just once a day or once a year I think that the world would be a better place so how do you celebrate the day? Do you celebrate Lupercalia? Do you celebrate St. Valentine's Day? Valentine's Day? Is there anything special you do in particular, um, I don't. I think this year I might just put a hunk of rose quartz in my bra, <laughs> to be honest. Um, but we don't really do much for this day. 
So if you do something that involves witchcraft and a practice or paganism or even like something fun that your family does every year, I would love, love, love to have you guys share it. So um, in the Witchy Woman Friends group, I'll go ahead and post what do y'all do for Valentine's Day? Um, yeah, I'm going to stick a rose co- rose quartz on my bra and that's probably it. Maybe have some fun times with the hubby later. But other than that, I don't think, yeah. I would love to watch probably... I think I will ask him if we can watch a fun horror movie, a bloody one or something, kind of to commemorate Lupercalia. That might be kind of fun. <laughs> like on um, Christmas, we watch Zombieland. <laughs> so maybe this could be a new uh, Valentine's Day uh, celebration type tradition thing for us as we can watch a, a, a gory horror movie on Valentine's Day. I think that'd be fun. So I have gotten a crap load of uh, people ask about the astrology book that Brandy recommended for Madison. I know this is totally switching gears, but I wanted to make sure that I have this here today. I will. I also think I put it in the group, but I can post it again. So the astrology book that Brandy recommended is called Astrology, Using the Wisdom of the Stars in Your Everyday Life. And it just says the author... I think it says Carol Taylor is the author, but it is a really great book. Maddie is loving it. I cannot pry it from her um, fingers at this point, <laughs> but hopefully I can I can get me get myself some read time. So anyway, that is the book. I will go ahead and post that too uh, if I can remember. If somebody please rem- remind me if this isn't po- if it's not posted by Wednesday. Um, but everybody's been asking about that, and also if you want to. Uh, get a uh, a reading or something from Brandy. Her website is brandyburrowpsychicmedium.com. So check her out. She's also on Facebook. If you just type in Brandy Burrow, um, it will pop up her business page. I think it's uh, Brandy Burrow Eclectic Intuitive or something like that. For <laughs> But that's also in the show notes for last week. But I can post that again in, in the show notes. Oh my gosh. So the giveaways that I'm doing, y'all are really really getting into it there is so many cool posts i am loving reading everybody's favorite episode or favorite moment of the show so far um and then in the coven i'm getting to read what the word witch means to every one of the coven members and i i am enjoying this giveaway so freaking much i love it so if you have not heard about this giveaway i'm doing a giveaway in the witchy woman friends group i'm going to announce it next episode so it's going to close that monday before so um what you're going to get there is some crystals some sprays a candle it is i've got it posted it's pinned to the top of the group so read the uh details there i've also got a giveaway for the ww coven those are the patreon members and that is a custom made witchy box and it is filled with crystals and herbs and all kinds of cool stuff and custom painted with a quote from practical magic on the outside and that is made by wild woman witchery her name is lynette bell and she is fabulous so if you have not entered yet, please go to our groups, the perspective groups, and enter. If you would like to become a member of our coven, go to uh, patreon.com slash witchywomanpodcast. The link is in um, 
the show notes. It's also on my website, and that is witchywomanpodcast.com. Please check out my website. Give it some traffic. Give it some love. Um, you can read more about me, about my education. Um, my history is a medium. Also, you can read about my sponsors for the Patreon groups. These women are small business owners that take their time and they create and provide services for the Patreon members as their perks. Now you can um, read about them just by clicking on the sponsor link, uh, sponsor page on my website. What else was I going to say? There was something else important and I cannot remember. Oh, thank you so much to everybody that has messaged me about Oregon and the fun places to live around the United States. I really, really appreciate it. We are doing a ton of research. I think we might be going out in the next month and visiting a couple places just to kind of test the waters and see what it's like um, in different places that we're interested in. So I really, really appreciate it. So thank you very, very much. So this is going to be a slightly um, short, shorter episode than normal. It's going to be probably 30 minutes um, or less. Uh, I have got a huge headache. It's just bordering on migraine. Last night it was migraine. Today it's just kind of teetering on that edge where I can sort of open my eyes and everything not hurt. So I am hopped up on all kinds of caffeine and I'm going to get this done. I'm going to take me a hot bath and try to wind down and get rid of this goddamn headache. I don't know if it's the weather changes. Nebraska has gone, we went from like 60 degrees and great to snowing and cold and windy and now it's just kind of regular blah outside. I don't know. The wind's blowing. It's probably 30 some degrees. Um, but anyway, the weather and the barometer, I'm blaming that on my headaches. Uh, so I'm sorry this is a little shorter than normal, but I feel like shit. <laughs> so if anybody has any tried and true uh, headache and migraine remedies that aren't uh, pills, I can, I would love, love, love to 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 know your magic. <laughs> so uh, I'm going to do a little Reiki on myself after my bath and, and hope that can derail the impending doom that I'm feeling in my head. Um, thank you so much to everybody that's been listening to all the new Patreon members. Ooh, let's give them a shout out really quick. Okay, shout out to Sentry G, Maggie M, and Laura L. Those have signed up in the last like seven days. So I really, really appreciate that. Thank you so much. And welcome to the coven. Uh, the way that works, once you go ahead and pledge or pick a tier, you're going to get an email that has the link to the coven and a password. So definitely check your email. I, I put a post on our Patreon page, dudes, check your email. Um, so make sure you do that because all of it will be there. If it's not, please, please get a hold of me and let me know and I can get you the link and the password and everything and get you hooked up. So thank you so much for supporting me. I appreciate it more than I could possibly express. Um, things I have in the works. I've got some interviews that are coming up. I have, I am already getting ready for the festival uh, at the end of May. I got some new products in that I'm going to be making for the festival and I'll be offering later, but I was trying to find something cool and unique to offer during during that whole thing and I think I found it. So I think I found a couple different things that are going to be unique and fun. 
So stay tuned for more developments on that. Yeah, if you have any questions, you can email me, witchywomanpodcast at gmail.com. Please check out my Instagram at witchywomanpodcast. I am on Twitter, Danae underscore sweet underscore. And we do have snail mail. So P.O. Box 333, Hyannis, Nebraska 69350. Um, All of that information is in the show notes. And I think it's on my website as well. (laughs) So um, if you haven't checked out my socials, go ahead and do that. I will be doing next week. Uh, this week I still don't feel quite right so I'm gonna wait until I feel good next week I'm gonna be doing a giveaway on Instagram so make sure that you check out Instagram I will be posting that on uh, the on my regular wall and on my story I'll I'll post details about that on uh, Monday 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 so I will pick a winner or I will pick the the computer will pick a random winner for each giveaway on Monday night And I will also post giveaway for Instagram on Monday, next Monday night as well. So that is it. Thank you so much for listening to me ramble about the bloody holiday of Lupercalia and my disdain for the commercialization of love. (laughs) As always, stay witchy. Bye-bye.